What a Day is brought to you by Ulta Beauty. This AAPI Heritage Month, Ulta Beauty is celebrating the joy of belonging, belonging to a community composed of intricate connections, belonging to our past and our future, to the heritage and birthright that is beauty. Ulta Beauty shines a light on the AAPI community, passing the mic to brand founders and creators to tell their stories centered on heritage, joy, and beauty. They carry AAPI-owned and founded brands like Live Tinted, Peach and Lily, Glamnetic, Tree Hut, and more. Shop AAPI-owned and founded brands at Ulta Beauty Stores and Ulta.com. It's Wednesday, October 27th. I'm Gideon Resnick. And I'm Josie Duffy Rice. And this is What a Day, the podcast that's keeping a watchful eye on any unattended candy buckets on people's stoops <laughs> this weekend. Yes, if you or your child take more than one candy, trust us, this podcast will leap out from behind the bushes and scare you. On today's show, powerful storms have swept both the East and West Coast, plus congressional Dems rushed to make a deal on the multi-trillion dollar climate and social spending package. But first, there has been a drumbeat of stories over the last few weeks, all stemming from a set of documents called the Facebook Papers. And so much has come out in such a short span of time that we wanted to catch you up, but also put it into context of the company's future. That's right. So this started when former Facebook employee and whistleblower Francis Haugen disclosed this huge trove of documents to the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission. A big group of news outlets have reviewed these redacted versions as well and pursued their own reporting. What has emerged is a really damaging set of stories about the company, some of which we've mentioned on the show, beginning with a Wall Street Journal report last month detailing how the company was aware that Instagram was creating a toxic environment for teenage girls. Yeah, that's one of many other stories documented how the company has prioritized engagement over user safety, the actions and the lack of actions taken in the lead up to the January 6th insurrection, and Facebook's failure to moderate hate speech and misinformation in other countries across the world. And that's just some of what is known at this point. So for more on the Facebook papers, we spoke to Mike Isaac, a tech correspondent at The New York Times, who has been wading through all of this. And we started with what he had learned from going over the papers himself. For me, the real fascinating thing when I first started digging into it was just how much of it is focused on some of these fundamental tools that make Facebook what it is, right? Like if you look on your Facebook posts in your feed, there's a little button that's a share button that lets you automatically share stuff out to your entire audience, right? And they found that people tend to like reshare posts from their friends at like some astonishing rates that, and most of the misinformation goes through that without people even really reading the article. Mm. Stuff that like kind of makes sense or like how, I mean, we're all in media, so like how on Twitter, basically, since we don't use Facebook, how on Twitter you can basically RT, retweet something after reading the headline and not really have any idea what the hell is actually in the story or whatever. Right. And I think those d dynamics kind of work the same on Facebook. Some of the existential questions are, do we basically slow how our platform works, slow it down, or keep pushing it forward? And I, I think it's for them, for a company who has been focused on growth, and dominance and keeping people engaged its entire existence, 17 years, asking itself to like sort of put more friction into it is a really hard thing for them to do. Yeah. Totally. There was part of this that was about Facebook's own researchers repeatedly warning that the company was not equipped to address issues such as hate speech, misinformation um, in languages other than English. For example, India, uh, the company's largest market, 
the documents revealed sort of how awful the spread of misinformation and hate speech on Facebook in India is. India has 22 officially recognized languages, and Facebook lacked expertise in all of them, we're led to believe. So let's talk for a second about Facebook's mission to, you know, quote unquote, connect the entire world. Um, mm-hmm. Why are these shortcomings so massive here? It's a great sort of point, and I think that's what Francis, the whistleblower, has been hammering Um I think even internally, they were creating a system to say, where are the worst fires and how do we put them out? So there was that. But at the same time, you know, Francis kept saying Facebook is understaffed. It's constantly understaffed. I feel like if you're operating at the scale at which they are, which is literally serving three and a half billion people on the planet, you're kind of always going to be understaffed fundamentally, right? Totally. Like, and that's not an excuse. It's more just saying, like, you're always going to be behind the different ways that people interact on the planet. And that's even just in English, right? So try start getting into every sort of sub dialect that has different permutations or different meanings or, you know, written word is obviously different than speech. And I just feel like they are always going to be behind. And this is always why that why Mark points to AI as like mm. the savior. You know, once we train it, it's going to be do what we can't as people, basically. But given how many more resources Facebook has in the U.S. in particular, why is it still so bad here? It's a great point, especially because what we see Facebook do now and what they will continue to do is tout these numbers like we have stopped. I'm making these numbers up, but like 50 million instances of hate speech or we have gone from stopping 20 percent of hate speech to 90 percent. Right. And sort of throwing out these numbers that are crazy. You're like, oh, wow, they're doing really well. You know, Mm -hmm. that's crazy. When you are operating at a global scale, even a small percentage point is a lot of fucking speech, right? right? Or a lot of like content. And so the thing that they won't ever say, but I think is implicit is this idea that they're never going to get it all. So they're going to do kind of like the best that they can to get most of it. But there's still going to be some percentage out there. I think the other thing that's really important is even if you get most of that speech, a small amount of really toxic material can have an outsized effect, right? So if I'm one guy saying hateful shit and spreading it across the internet, I can have like a really large effect based on how Facebook is built and based on how much reach I give myself, whether it's through paid ads or, you know, virality or whatever. So they do kind of a sleight of hand with numbers and, and how they sort of defend themselves that is disingenuous. There was this anecdote about a tester, this Facebook user named Carol Smith back in 2019. She wasn't actually a person. She was a test profile created by an engineer. We're told that the algorithm was, you know, feeding increasingly extremist content to her. So I guess the question is, like, what do we make of Facebook pushing users into these sort of, like, quote unquote, rabbit holes like that over and over? I mean, it just sort of shows... If you're optimizing for a certain outcome, which is typically increased engagement or adding more friends or sort of being more connected to the network, and the stuff that performs the best is hateful or enraging, you know, whether that's like political content that makes you mad or gets you into fights with your friends and family or stuff that invokes a really emotional response. Like, it's not a shock that people are going to, or these test accounts are going to sort of gravitate to that over time, you know? Is there a way to account for that or to even sort of fix that? And can you without sort of breaking how Facebook works? Or is that the point? You should break how Facebook works, you know? Right. So 
And like Facebook likes to argue, you know, you control your own feed. You don't have to do X, Y, and Z. But when the network is built with so many incentives into pushing you into this stuff, your agency starts to go away or it makes it much more difficult to fight against it, you know? What is your sense of what is going to happen next year? Like, are we talking about just sort of increasingly damaging stories about the company that just like continue to come out, you know, until the end of time? Are we talking about more whistleblowers? Like, what happens here? I mean, I was thinking about this earlier, and part of me wonders if anything happens, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. in Congress right now, I've not seen any discussion of any substantive bill or action. It's mostly using Facebook as sort of a bipartisan punching bag and them saying, we're going to regulate you. And Facebook saying, yes, please do. And them saying, we're going to regulate you, I swear. But like, it's not not like happening. And the other thing I wonder, I'm curious about y'all, but like, are people getting like Facebooked out? You know, like, is it sort of washing over everyone with like, Mm. okay, I get it. They're bad. Mark Zuckerberg is like, evil lizard person or whatever the meme is on Facebook, basically. Like, is this going to be the thing I hear all the time? And do people tune out? And like, I don't know. I'm not thinking in the short term there's any huge changes, except maybe they change their name. That is New York Times tech correspondent Mike Isaac. He is also the author of the book Super Pumped, The Battle for Uber. And if you've read a crazy tech story in the last few years, there's a very good chance that Isaac wrote it. That is true. We're going to link to Isaac's work in the show notes so that you can read more of what he does. And we'll keep track of this story as it develops. But that is the latest for now. It's Wednesday, Wad Squad, and today we're doing a segment called No Context, Bad Vibes. No Context, Bad Vibes. (laughs) I will never get over the sound effects. That is also the sound of what will happen if you take more than one candy. Uh, Take a listen to today's clip. Madam Speaker, today I am calling for the creation of a formal commission to investigate the true origin of COVID-19, the role Fauci played in its creation, the false statements he made to members of Congress under oath, and why the hell Americans are funding the torture of puppies in Africa. Americans deserve the truth, and this demon doctor must never be allowed to escape justice. With that, I yield back. Yeah, I mean, with just that, he he yields back, you know, just just a few <laughs> things on his mind. Um, that was Congressman Madison Cawthorn going for the record yesterday for the most COVID-19 misinformation contained in a single breath. He did also name check my favorite death metal band, Demon Doctor, as well as my favorite true crime podcast, Demon Doctor. Uh, The part about puppy experiments, by the way, refers to a recent push by right-wing media to implicate Fauci in a study he had nothing to do with. Uh, So, Josie, what are your thoughts on this clip? I feel just great about the fact that a member of Congress sounds like any unhinged Facebook post you might stumble upon on any Mm -hmm. given day. Mm -hmm. It feels good. It feels healthy. It feels great. No notes. What about you, Gideon? (laughs) Yeah, it is good that anything that you see online can be verbalized in people who have a huge amount of power. I also want to say this is an argument against letting everybody onto debate team because clearly Mr. Cawthorn learned some of the tactics of speaking so quickly with no breaths from some formal debate training. And all I'm saying is for every good debate kid that you know, there may be a Madison. So that's just a warning. That was No Context, Bad Vibes. No Context, Bad Vibes. (laughs) We'll be back after some ads. 
man. What a day is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She absolutely deserves the best. And that's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, your wife, your auntie, even your granny, okay? Anyone who deserves flowers in your life. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be holiday specific. You get flowers, you're getting flowers, <laughs> everyone's getting flowers. <laughs> Go to books.com and use promo code WAD for 25% off. That is B-O-U-Q-S.com, promo code WAD, books, promo code WAD. What a Day is brought to you by Fast Growing Trees. Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers. They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Plus, Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. We love Fast Growing Trees here. I keep telling you that the many plants that I've gotten from these folks are yet hanging on. Um, and that's not because I have a green thumb, Okay. This spring, Fast Growing Trees, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code WAD at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code WAD at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code WAD. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Therapy is great for, you know, you know that thing that just is like sitting on your shoulder, you can't get over it, and you just sometimes need somebody to talk through it with? Therapy can be helpful for that, you all, okay? You got to get it off your chest, you know? And you can do that with BetterHelp. So visit betterhelp.com slash wad today to get 10% off your first month. That's 10% off your first month at betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash wad. Let's wrap up with some headlines. Headlines. Both the east and west coast of the country were drenched by two powerful cyclones in recent days. Right now, a nor'easter is churning along the eastern seaboard. Called that because the winds mostly come from the northeast, it is blowing gusts up to 60 miles per hour. As of record time, both New York and New Jersey declared states of emergency. In places like New York City, expected up to five inches of rain by the time the storm passes. Meanwhile, the West Coast is picking up the debris after being swept by a bomb cyclone, referring to how it grew quickly like a bomb. We have a lot of meteorological glossary terms here that we are informing you with. Strong winds brought down many trees, one of which killed two people in Fall City, Washington on Sunday when it fell on their car. The cyclone also synced up with an atmospheric river, a long line of moisture in the air to soak the region. In Sacramento, for example, nearly five and a half inches of rain came down in a 24-hour period. That broke a record that was set in 1880. When we recorded on Tuesday night, over 50,000 customers were without power on both coasts. 
And these powerful storms hit the U.S. just days before a climate conference of world leaders in Glasgow, Scotland, which starts on Sunday. Congressional Democrats are rushing to finalize the details of the multi-trillion dollar climate and social policy bill, so the other trillion infrastructure bill can go up for a vote this week. One key point is how to pay for the first one, and an idea that Senate Dems have is to get it from billionaires with a tax on rising stock values. Analysts say it could bring in up to half a trillion dollars over 10 years, more than half of it from just 10 people, including Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos. Without that extra cash, those guys might have to start spending time on Earth instead of always retreating to their second homes, which are in space. Oh, sad. I know. It's really hard for them. Finding a revenue stream could be key for Dems in getting the support of moderate Dems. Senator Kirsten Sinema, though, publicly voiced support for another payment route, a 15% corporate minimum tax. But she is jeopardizing ambitious plans to bolster both Medicare and Medicaid. Sinema is siding with pharmaceutical lobbyists to oppose a proposal that would have allowed Medicare to negotiate drug prescription prices. Also on the chopping block is a plan that would have expanded Medicaid in 12 states that refused to extend it when the ACA was passed. And I want to hear more stuff that's on the chopping block. I want to hear the adding block, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, Gideon, when the world is burning or freezing from climate change, I do think we'll just be really glad that we didn't pass that expensive infrastructure bill a few years back. I think that's right. I think that's the takeaway. It's really important. Yeah. The private school that has branded itself as a safe place to be afraid of vaccines has backtracked on its most outrageous policy. Miami's Sentner Academy will not require students to stay at home for 30 days after getting a vaccine dose, after Florida's education department said that enforcing that policy could jeopardize their funding. Even in defeat, the school officials kept their heads held high. The co-founder said, quote, Our decision not to enact the 30-day-at-home quarantine was an easy one, as no parents expressed interest in getting the coronavirus <laughs> vaccine following the policy announcement. See that, Florida Education Department? No one wants your stupid, safe medications anyway. <laughs> also, a more serious update on the conservative war on kids at schools. Texas Governor Greg Abbott signed a bill yesterday that will ban transgender kids from participating in sports consistent with their gender. Under the bill, students must play on teams that correspond to the sex listed on their birth certificate at or near their time of birth. The bill is set to go into effect on January 18th of next year. Disneyland raised its prices this week so that admission to one park on the busiest days costs $164. That's wow. twice what Mickey got paid to act in his first Disney movie. In 2000, <laughs> the same ticket cost $42, but prices have been rising steadily, and executives say this latest increase owes to a post-pandemic surge in demand. You can still go to theme parks on a budget, though, and it might even help boost your finances. Mel Magazine mm. read an article this week about a guy who works near Southern California Six Flags Magic Mountain and has used an $150 annual all-access pass to eat almost all his meals at the park for the past seven years. Yeah. The pass comes with two daily meals and a snack, allowing this hero of late-stage capitalism to save up enough money to pay off his student loans and buy a house. Wow. He did admit that the options aren't always great, and when he's really strapped for time, he has to settle for something he calls chicken balls. <laughs> of the chicken balls, he said, quote, I'd estimate I got them around 150 times, Whoa. and at five per meal... That's around 750 balls. I don't know that I could ever eat them again. The good news for this guy is like he's also going to get paid by some sort of scientific research team 100%. to find out what happens 
when you eat 750 chicken balls. Right. So he is netting right. in the long run financially. He is going to be Six Flags' main spokesperson. He's going to be like the Six Flags guy, the annoying one, but he's not going to be annoying. You know, the little... Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but he's he when that guy goes, this guy's gonna do dances, but he's gonna be juggling uh chicken balls. We just chicken we balls. have a few yeah. pitches for uh California Six Flags Magic Mountain. I bet nobody listening thought they were gonna hear the term chicken balls on this podcast, and we are here to surprise you. We are every single day. <laughs> and those are the headlines. That is all for today. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, kick Madison Cawthorn types off debate teams, and tell your friends to listen. And if you're into reading and not just the nutritional facts on chicken balls like me, <laughs> What a Day is also a nightly newsletter. Check it out and subscribe at cricket.com slash subscribe. I'm Josie Duffy Rice. I'm Gideon Resnick. And, and follow, follow the, the rules, rules on unattended, unattended candy, candy buckets. buckets. If I see two Reese's Cups missing, <laughs> I will find you. I will find you, small child, and (laughs) take your candy. Exactly. Exactly right. What a Day is a production of Crooked Media. It's recorded and mixed by Bill Lance. Jazzy Marine is our associate producer. Our head writer is John Milstein. And our executive producers are Leo, Duran, and myself. Our theme music is by Colin Gilliard and Kashaka. As a chef and a restaurant owner, I'm as meticulous about my cookware as I am about my ingredients. That's why I love Made In Cookware. Each pan they make isn't just designed to perform, it's crafted to last. As a mom, I love that I can trust Made In. It's made from the world's finest materials, so I can feel good about what I'm feeding my family. I'm Chef Brooke Williamson, and I use Made In Cookware. Shop chef-quality pots and pans at madeincookware.com. This is BVK for Ocean City Tourism, OCMD Streaming Audio. On March 11th, 2024, the title of the spot is STSA Leisure Summer. This is a 30-second composite stereo streaming audio mix. Get away with friends to the laid-back Maryland coast, where you can catch up while casting off and hang 10 while hanging out, where a day on board is never boring and full throttle is half the fun, where you can sink a putt raise a glass, and there's always room for one more round. Ocean City, Maryland. Somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at Oceocean.com.